You're listening to the Holy Bible One Year Challenge with master storyteller Michael Wood, featuring the easy-to-read version and used by permission from Bible Week International. Enjoy the show! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Day 190. We're continuing in the book of 2 Kings. There's a new king in Judah. And remember, that's where Jerusalem is. And this new king believe it or not, does everything that is right with the Lord. And because of that, the Lord gives him many victories. But this may be a case of too little, too late. Because the Assyrians have gained a lot of ground. They've conquered many cities, enslaved Israelites. And now their big king sends a messenger to talk trash to King Hezekiah. But of course, King Hezekiah doesn't speak with the Assyrian army commander personally. Nope, he sends in his staff, you know, the secretary, the office manager. As this administrative staff hears the scary threats, they ask him a little favor. They ask him to speak in Aramaic, not Hebrew, because there's some guys on the wall and they're overhearing this conversation and they don't want everyone to panic. So they ask the Assyrian commander to only speak in Aramaic. We'll have to see with us to see how he responds to this little favor. And the question is, is he bilingual? Does he speak Aramaic and Hebrew? If he does, I would say that's a well-educated Assyrian army commander. And in the book of Acts, Paul and the Romans are on their way to go see Caesar. And as they're on this perfectly fine Roman sea vessel, a storm brews. And it threatens to kill them all on the open sea. And the Romans go into panic mode. And for just a brief moment, they're willing to listen to Paul and his God. If it's going to save their life. You'll have to see how Paul uses this moment to deliver the Lord's message. And just a little side note. If you're listening to this podcast on an iPhone, every time we say the word Assyria, sometimes Siri thinks we're talking to her. If you enjoy the show, visit me at patreon.com forward slash storymaster. You'll find the link in the description box below. By contributing as little as $1 per month, you will enable me to continue this ministry. And you'll get cool rewards too. Together, we're going to get through the Bible in one year. Let's get started. 2 Kings chapter 18. Hezekiah begins his rule over Judah. Hezekiah, son of Ahaz, was king of Judah. Hezekiah began to rule during the third year that Hoshea, son of Elah, was king of Israel. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he began to rule. He ruled for 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah. Hezekiah did what the Lord says is right, just as David his ancestor had done. Hezekiah destroyed the places of worship. He broke the sacred stones and cut down the Asherah poles. At that time, the Israelites burned incense to the bronze snake made by Moses. This bronze snake was called Nehushtan. Hezekiah broke this bronze snake into pieces. Hezekiah trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel. There was no one like Hezekiah among all the kings of Judah before him or after him. He was very faithful to the Lord and did not stop following him. He obeyed the commands that the Lord had given to Moses. The Lord was with Hezekiah, so he was successful in everything he did. 
Hezekiah broke away from the king of Assyria and stopped serving him. Hezekiah defeated the Philistines all the way to Gaza and the area around it. He defeated all the Philistine cities from the smallest town to the largest city. Assyrians capture Samaria. King Shalmaneser of Assyria went to fight against Samaria. His army surrounded the city. This happened during the fourth year that Hezekiah was king of Judah. This was also the seventh year that Hoshea son of Elah was king of Israel. At the end of the third year, Shalmaneser captured Samaria. He took Samaria during the sixth year that Hezekiah was king of Judah. This was also the ninth year that Hoshea was king of Israel. The king of Assyria took the Israelites as captives to Assyria. He settled some of them in the city of Halah, some along the Habor River in the territory of Gozan, and some in the other cities of the Medes. This happened because the Israelites did not obey the Lord their God. They broke his agreement and did not obey everything that the Lord's servant Moses had commanded. They did not listen to the Lord's commands or do what he said. Assyria gets ready to take Judah. During Hezekiah's 14th year as king, King Sennacherib of Assyria went to fight against all the strong cities of Judah. Sennacherib defeated them all. Then King Hezekiah of Judah sent a message to the king of Assyria at Lachish. Hezekiah said, I have done wrong. Leave me alone and I will pay whatever you want. Then the king of Assyria told King Hezekiah of Judah to pay him more than 10,000 kilograms of silver and 1,000 kilograms of gold. Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was in the Lord's temple and in the king's treasuries. That is when Hezekiah cut off the gold that he had put on the doors and doorposts of the Lord's temple and gave it to the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria sends men to Jerusalem. The king of Assyria sent his three most important officers from Lachish with a large army to King Hezekiah in Jerusalem. When they came near Jerusalem, they stopped by the channel that brings water from the upper pool on the road that leads to Laundromen's field. These officers called for King Hezekiah. The king sent three men out to talk to them. These men were Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, Joah, son of Asaph, and Shebna. Eliakim was the palace manager, Joah was the record keeper, and Shebna was the secretary. One of the officers, the Assyrian king's commander, told them to give this message to Hezekiah. The great king, the king of Assyria, wants to know what makes you so sure of yourself. What are you trusting in to help you? If you say, I trust in power and great battle plans. Those are useless words. Now I ask you, who do you trust so much that you are willing to rebel against me? Are you depending on Egypt to help you? <laughs> Egypt is like a broken walking stick. If you lean on it for support, it will only hurt you and make a hole in your hand. Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, cannot be trusted by anyone who depends on him for help. Maybe you will say, We trust the Lord our God to help us. 
that I know that Ezekiah destroyed the altars and places of worship where people honor the Lord. Ezekiah told the people of Judah and Jerusalem, You must worship only at this one altar here in Jerusalem. If you still want to fight my master, the king of Assyria, I will make this agreement with you. I promise that I will give you 2,000 horses if you can find enough men to ride them into battle. But even then, you couldn't beat one of my master's lowest ranking officers. So why do you still depend on Egypt's chariots and horsemen? Now, do you think I came to this country to destroy it without the Lord's help? No, the Lord said to me, Go up against this country and destroy it. Then Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, Shebna, and Joah, said to the commander, Please speak to us in Aramaic, not Hebrew. We will understand you, but we don't want the people sitting there on the wall to understand what you say. But the commander said, My master sent me to speak to everyone, not only to you and your king. I must also speak to those people sitting there on the wall. When we surround your city, they will suffer too. Like you, they will become so hungry, they will eat their own waste and drink their own urine. Then the commander, shouting loudly in Hebrew, gave this warning to them all. Hear this message from the great king, the king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Don't let Ezekiah fool you. He cannot save you from my power. Don't listen to him when he tells you to trust in the Lord. Don't believe him when he says, the Lord will save us. He will not let the king of Assyria defeat the city. Don't listen to Hezekiah. This is what the king of Assyria says. Come out here and show me that you want peace. Then you will all be free to have grapes from your own vines, figs from your own trees, and water from your own well. After some time, I will come and take you to a land like your own. In that new land, you will have plenty of grain for making bread and vineyards for producing wine. I am offering you a choice between living and dying. Don't believe Ezekiah when he tells you. The Lord will save us. He is wrong. Did any of the gods from other nations save their land from the king of Assyria? When I destroyed the cities of Amath and Arpad, where were their gods? What about the gods of Saphrabaim, Anna and Eva? Were any gods able to save Samaria from my power? None of the gods of these other places were able to save their land from me. So why? Do you think the Lord can save Jerusalem from me? But the people were silent. They did not say a word to the commander because King Hezekiah had commanded them, Don't say anything to him. 
Then Aliyah Kim, the palace manager, Joa the record keeper, and Shebna the secretary went to Hezekiah. The clothes were torn to show they were upset. They told Hezekiah everything the Assyrian commander had said. When King Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes to show he was upset, and he put on rags and went to the Lord's temple. Hezekiah sent Eliakim, the palace manager, Shebna the secretary, and the leading priests to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz. They wore the special clothes that showed that they were sad and upset. They said to Isaiah, King Hezekiah has commanded that today will be a special day for sorrow and sadness. It will be like the day a child is ready to be born, but the mother is not strong enough to give birth. The commander's master, the king of Assyria, has sent him to say bad things about the living God. Maybe the Lord your God will hear all those things and answer them. Maybe the Lord your God will show how wrong the enemy is. So pray for the people who are still left alive. King Hezekiah's officers went to Isaiah. Isaiah said to them, Give this message to your master, Hezekiah. The Lord says, Don't, Don't be afraid of what you heard from the commanders. Don't believe what those boys from the king of Assyria said to make fun of me. Look, I will send a spirit against the king of Assyria. He will get a report warning him about a danger, so he will return to his own country. And I will cut him down with a sword in his own country. The Assyrian army leaves Jerusalem. The commander heard that the king of Assyria had left Lachish. He found them at Libna fighting against that city. And the king of Assyria heard a report that said, Tirhaka, the king of Ethiopia, has come to fight against you. So the king of Assyria sent messengers to Hezekiah again. He told them to tell King Hezekiah of Judah these things. Don't be fooled by the God you trust when he says, Jerusalem will not be defeated by the king of Assyria. You have heard what the kings of Assyria did to all the other countries. We completely destroyed them. Will you be saved? No. Did the gods of those nations save their people? No. My ancestors destroyed them all. They destroyed Gozan, Haran, Rezef, and the people of Eden living in Tel Asar. Where is this the king of Amath or the king of Arpad? And they are gone, as are the kings of Sepharvaim and, and Eva. Acts 27, verses 13 to 44. The Storm. Then a good wind began to blow from the south. The men on the ship thought, This is the wind we wanted, and now we have it. So they pulled up the anchor. We sailed very close to the island of Crete. But then a very strong wind, called the Northeaster, came from across the island. This wind took the ship and carried it away. The ship could not sail against the wind, so we stopped trying and let the wind blow us. We went below a small island named Kada. With the island protecting us from the wind, we were able to bring in the lifeboat. It was very hard to do. After the men brought the lifeboat in, they tied ropes around the ship to hold it together. The men were afraid 
that the ship would hit the sandbanks of Sirtis. So they lowered the sail and let the wind carry the ship. The next day, the storm was blowing against us so hard that the men threw some things out of the ship. A day later, they threw out the ship's equipment. For many days, we could not see the sun or the stars. The storm was very bad. We lost all hope of staying alive. Who thought we would die? The men did not eat for a long time. Then one day, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, I told you not to leave Crete. You should have listened to me. Then you would not have had all this trouble and loss. But now I tell you to be happy. None of you will die. The ship will be lost. Last night, an angel came to me from God, the God I worship and belong to. The angel said, Paul, don't be afraid. You must stand before Caesar, and God is giving you this promise. He will save the lives of all those sailing with you. So men, there is nothing to worry about. I trust God, and I'm sure everything will happen just as his angel told me. We will crash on an island. On the 14th night, we were still being blown around in the Adriatic Sea. The sailors thought we were close to land. They threw a rope into the water with a weight on the end of it. They found that the water was 40 meters deep. They went a little farther, threw the rope in again, it was 30 meters deep. The sailors were afraid that we would hit the rocks, so they threw four anchors into the water. Then they prayed for daylight to come. Some of the sailors wanted to leave the ship and they lowered the lifeboat to the water. They wanted the other men to think that they were throwing more anchors from the front of the ship. But Paul told the army officer and the other soldiers, if these men do not stay in the ship, you will lose all hope of survival. So the soldiers cut the ropes and let the lifeboat fall into the water. Just before dawn, Paul began persuading all the people to eat something. He said, for the past two weeks, you have been waiting and watching. You have not eaten for 14 days. Now, I beg you to eat something. You need it to stay alive. None of you will lose even one hair from your heads. After he said this, Paul took some bread and thanked God for it before all of them. He broke off a piece and began eating. All the men felt better and started eating too. There were 276 people on the ship. We ate all we wanted. Then we began making the ship lighter by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, the sailors saw land but they did not know what land it was. They saw a bay with a beach and wanted to sail the ship to the beach if they could. So they cut the ropes to the anchors and left the anchors in the sea. At the same time, 
They untied the ropes that were holding the rudders. Then they raised the front sail into the wind and sailed towards the beach. But the ship hit a sandbank. The front of the ship stuck there and could not move. Then the big waves began to break the back of the ship to pieces. The soldiers decided to kill the prisoners so that none of the prisoners could swim away and escape. But Julius, the army officer, wanted to let Paul live. So he did not allow the soldiers to kill the prisoners. He told the people who could swim to jump into the water and swim to land. The others used wooden boards or pieces of the ship. And this is how all the people went safely to land. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God leads any meeting of divine beings. He stands as judge among the gods. He says, How long will you judge unfairly and show special favors to the wicked? Defend the poor and orphans. Protect the rights of the poor. Help those who are poor and helpless. Save them from those who are evil. They don't know what is happening. They don't understand. They don't know what they are doing. Their world is falling down around them. I, the God Most High, say, you are judges, my own sons. But you will die like a human. Your life will end like that of any ruler. Get up, God. You be the judge of the earth because all the nations belong to you. Thank you everyone, that was day 190. Join us for day 191. We're continuing in 2 Kings. And we hear about poor King Hezekiah's illness. And if the Assyrians wasn't bad enough, messengers come from Babylon. And they're even worse than the Assyrians. Bigger, badder, and a huge threat to King Hezekiah's kingdom. But luckily, he has a prophet on his side, the prophet named Isaiah. And he has a message from the Lord. And in the book of Acts, Paul and the men land on the island of Malta. Then some supernatural things happen to where people think Paul is a god. But despite his godlike status on the island, it doesn't stop Paul from his primary mission to go evangelize and preach the word of God to Caesar, the emperor of Rome. We hope you enjoyed today's verses. Be sure to leave us a positive review and to share this podcast with your friends and family. Please join us for the next episode as we experience the Bible in one year. Did you know we offer online courses in creative writing, literature, and web design? Visit us at storymaster.online to learn more.